uh, I, I try to make sure everybody understands clearly this is a church that loves children. You're, no baby is going to bother me in my preaching, all right? We've had people say, well, you know, I don't want to bring my kids to church. I don't know how they'll act. They're going to be crazy. Hey, listen, if they want to run up here and preach with me, they'll do that. That's fine. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Now, I recognize we want to teach them how to respond in church, right? But that doesn't mean that we're not going to have patience. God forbid we would keep the children from coming into the house of God. Hallelujah. So I let them cry. Let them run up and, and you have to run and chase them. Hey, that's all right. Don't feel embarrassed. You should feel embarrassed being in church without your kid. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Not be embarrassed because the kid's a little wild. He's a kid. We respect that and love that. We also have a nursery for our little ones and Sunday school for uh, the, the children. Uh, I believe it's 5 to 11, something like that. But, but praise the Lord. We're thankful for that. All right. Jeremiah chapter 20 and verse 8. One more thing, I promise. We had our first youth night this Friday night. And it went great. We are very thankful. We had uh, somewhere around 10 young people from our church that went. That's awesome. Hallelujah. For our first youth trip and uh, youth event. And we want to do more of that. We want to uh, provide for our youth just as we do our Sunday school. So keep an ear out. We want to uh, find ways to be able to minister to them that they can come together and be with like-minded teenagers. Amen. All right, Luke chapter, I'm sorry, Jeremiah chapter 20, verse 8. I'm going to be reading from the New King James Version. I don't do that often, but I, I felt that this, the King James Version was a little unclear, and this was a whole lot more clear as to the tone that Jeremiah is trying to set in these scriptures. It says, for when I spoke, I cried out. When I spoke, I cried out. I shouted. I could not speak unless it was a shout. I could not speak without crying out. I shouted violence and plunder. <clears throat> because the word of the Lord was made to me a reproach and a derision daily. That word derision means a ridicule. On a daily basis, I was ridiculed for my preaching and the words that I was saying. The New Living Translation says, because of the word of the Lord, I was made a household joke. Man, it's silent. Hallelujah. Anybody ever feel like you've made a household joke? In this world, because you stand for the Bible and you stand for the truth, amen? Well, Jeremiah was upset. He was aggravated. He was, he was done with it all. He said, because the word of the Lord was made a reproach and I was ridiculed daily for it, I was made a joke, I said within my heart, I will not make mention of him nor will I speak any more in his name. Oh, but his word was in my heart like a burning fire shut up in my bones. It burned so hot within me. I was weary of holding it back. I could not contain it anymore. I had to preach the word of God. I had to say, thus saith the Lord, because I couldn't contain the fire within me. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Now, today, you may feel like this isn't for you. I believe it is for all of us. And I'll tell you my reasons why in a little bit. But I want to preach to you today, and I'm not describing myself. I want to preach to you on this title, Fiery Preacher. Fiery Preacher. How about we go to the Lord in prayer right now and ask God to speak to us and to direct us today. Lord, we thank you, God, for what you've already done. 
We thank you for what you're about to do in this place. I pray in Jesus' name that, God, you would bless us as we hear your word. Let us today feel that conviction of the Holy Ghost. Let the word come inside of us today, Lord Jesus, like a burning fire. Lord, burning in our hearts and our minds. We love you, Lord God, and thank you for what you're about to do. Lord, let your word go forth. Let your anointing be poured out. Let your spirit flow in this place. In Jesus' name we pray. Oh, would you clap your hands and shout to the Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. We thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah, God. Thank you, Jesus. God bless you. You may be seated. Let me give some of the historical context of these passages of Scripture. In 722 B.C., before Christ, if you will, Israel was captured by the Assyrian army. They tried to put up a fight, but they just were not enough of a match. God had released them because of their sins to be captured by the Assyrian army. But of course, Judah and Israel were very different. Israel had been captured, Judah had not. In fact, it would be a little over a hundred years later before Babylon would invade Judah. They would take out of Judah the first wave of deported Jews to Babylon. In your Bible, if you flip through the Old Testament prophets, you'll find books of exile, books like Daniel and Ezekiel. These books were written when they were already captured by the Babylonians. Daniel was part of that first wave of deportation as he was brought to Babylon by King Nebuchadnezzar. About four years later, they were living under the rule of Babylon. But Judah did not want to do that anymore. They were not content They decided they wanted to lean on somebody other than Babylon. Perhaps they could fight against Babylon. Perhaps they could try to make a stand. So they realigned themselves with Egypt. They called on Egypt to try to help them. This would prove to be a fatal mistake. They, they see the, the whole situation is they were under captivity of a, of a kingdom and they were trying to find different methods of coping with their situation. So they sought out help from all corners of the earth, attempting desperately to find some way to relieve themselves of the pressure that they felt like they were under. It sounds a whole lot like the world today, amen? Sounds a whole lot like people in this world today who are going to everything they can to try to find some relaxation or some relief from the pressures of this world. They're seeking out means of coping with their situation. Perhaps it's through drugs or alcohol or sex or, or maybe even politics. Praise God. Whatever they can do to find some way of making sense of their situation. And when Jeremiah came on the scene, he began to blow all of that up because he began to tell them they should not call on Egypt. They must call on the Lord God Almighty. They've got to call on Jehovah and only Jehovah can have mercy and grace for their souls. Oh, praise God. Oh, hallelujah. If, if anything today, I hope higher purpose has put it in their hearts that they're going to be the preachers to let people know the only answer for them is Jesus Christ. The only answer to your life's problems, it's Jesus. Come on, do I got a witness today? The only answer to your financial struggles is Jesus. The only answer to get over your addictions is Jesus. Oh, 
praise God. The only answer to your marriage issues, it's Jesus. Don't try to find other alternatives. Call on the name of Jesus. He's got the answer that you need. Hallelujah. Praise God. And they hated him for it. Jeremiah was delivering a hard gospel. He was informing them that it was the will of God that they be under captivity, but that God would one day deliver them. They didn't want to hear this preacher, this weeping prophet, as Jeremiah became known for. He was a little too crazy. He was a little too direct. He was a little too loud. Praise God. You're probably thinking the same thing about me. Praise the Lord. That's all right. The Bible tells us in 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 3, Hallelujah, this is a warning to us today. He says, for the time will come. I believe that time is now where they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers. They have itching ears, and they don't want somebody to have to preach the word of God to them. They want somebody who can just scratch their ears a little bit. Just give me a message that that I want to hear. Give me something that's just going to inspire me to wake up in the morning. Oh, come on now. You don't need somebody to inspire you to work out in the morning. Get that inspiration from somewhere else. You need somebody to preach that you might be saved from the cares of this world. You need somebody to preach hellfire, heaven, is some place that we can go to and get to. You need somebody who can preach the word of God to you. But they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. Now, those of you who, who you are used to being here, I know we've got visitors, and I'm so thankful for you being here. Uh, I'm not normally like this, but, man, I feel like God wants me to just be a little direct today. Is that okay? Hallelujah. Praise God. It says they didn't want to endure sound doctrine. They didn't want to be told they were wrong. They didn't want to be told that they had to change. They didn't want to be told that what they grew up believing is not the truth. Oh, praise God. They didn't want to be told these things, so Jeremiah got so frustrated because they mocked him. They made fun of him. They said, no, you're just a crazy preacher. You're just a fiery preacher. You don't know what you're talking about. But Jeremiah said, I, I tried to stop. I wanted to stop. I didn't want to be a fiery preacher anymore. I didn't want to be that crazy preacher down the road. I don't like going to that church. He's too... Red-faced. Sorry, it's just my complexion. I need a tan. I know it. But I'm too busy preaching. (laughs) I don't want to go to that church. He's just a little too crazy for me. Hey, I get it, but hear me today. I'd rather have a fiery preacher who's going to tell me how it is than to have somebody who's going to scoot around the truth just to try not to hurt my feelings. God, I'd rather have somebody out of love who will open up the word of God and say, this is what the Bible says. I don't care about tradition. This is what the, I'd rather have that than to have somebody who's just going to tickle my ear and play church. Come on. We need some fiery preachers in this house who will stand up and declare the word of God and the truth. Oh God, how about you worship the Lord for a moment? Just praise him for a moment. Oh, hallelujah, God. Now, I'm a firm believer that preaching needs to be a whole lot more than just yelling. All he ever does is yell. Oh, see, I just, there's been times where I feel like Jeremiah, where 
I, I know I don't want to just yell at you and I don't want to just, just scream, but, but there's something inside of me. There's a passion. There's a fire that says I've got the truth of the word of God. I've got the answers for you. I've got the power of the Holy Ghost. I cannot contain my excitement. I cannot contain the fire within me. I've got the Bible. I've got the Word. Come on, if you've got the truth, you ought to be excited too. If you've got the truth, you ought to be fiery too. If you've got the truth, you ought to be passionate too. Somebody give them some passionate praise right now. Somebody give them some passionate. Why, why don't we stand to our feet and give them some passionate, fiery worship? Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Oh. See, when you got the word inside of you, it's hard to contain it. It's hard to put a stopper on it. It's hard to put that fire out. When you got the answer for the world's problems, how can we stay silent? How can we be quiet? Oh, Jesus. Hallelujah. You can be seated. I remember my father telling the story. My father was not born and raised in this like I was. I was blessed to be born and raised in this. My father was not. My father grew up Catholic most of his life. My mother brought him to church when he was in his 20s for the first time to a Pentecostal church. He came into the church and he was sitting there and he was watching the lady yell at the wall. He said, what? No, where is going on here? These people are a little crazy. They're a little fiery. Oh, hallelujah. Praise God. He, he said he ran out that door. He said, I'm never going back there. Those people are crazy. Well, you better believe the Holy Ghost was convicting him. The Word of God was calling out to him. Hallelujah. And, and just so that you know, today he's a Pentecostal pastor down in Fort Pierce. Hallelujah. It's because it may seem crazy until you get it. Oh, come on. Anybody got it today? It seems crazy until you feel the power of the Holy Ghost. It seems crazy until God opens your eyes and you see the Word of God with fresh eyes. It seems crazy until you start reading the Bible and he starts putting these things in you and you say, man, look at that. Man, man, look at this. Pastor, look at this. Pastor, what does this mean? Pastor, what does this do? And my father, hallelujah, he, he, got, he felt called to preach. He got behind the pulpit for the first time. This man who used to sit in the congregation where it wasn't allowed to talk loud. It wasn't allowed to worship. You were allowed to sing the hymns and that's it. And now he's standing behind a pulpit for the very first time with a Bible in his hand. And he's preaching the word of God. He's told this story often where he says, I remember being in the middle of my sermon and feeling such a passion and a fire within me as the Spirit of God worked inside of me. He said, I was preaching and they were worshiping. I took that microphone back and I was about to throw it as hard as I could. He said, mid-throw, thankfully, I realized what in the world am I doing? He said, I knew then there was something about preaching the Word of God. There's something about the Holy Ghost inside of you. The Bible, when it gets real deep inside of your heart, it's hard to contain your passion for it. He had to contain himself just a little bit. Hallelujah. Let that fire come out of his mouth and not the mic out of his hand. Hallelujah. <laughs> And I remember my first time preaching. 
I remember I was a 14-year-old boy. Yes, I've been preaching that long. I was 14 years old when I preached my first message. Oh, God, I wish I could describe to you that moment when I stood behind that pulpit and all of a sudden I felt like it was a, a fire within me, a passion welding up inside of me, even as a 14-year-old boy who knew very, very little about the Bible. I had, don't tell anybody, I stole my whole sermon. It wasn't original. It was from other preachers. I stole the whole thing. Not a single thought in it was original. Oh, but God put a fire in me. And I was preaching. And like nothing I'd ever felt before, I started to raise my voice. At some point, as a 14-year-old boy, my first sermon, I felt so fiery. I went and I jumped on the chair and I started preaching around. Oh, Halabosanta. I remember that fire the first time I felt it. Like a passion, like a flame inside of me that says something greater than me is happening right now. I walked away from that first service with one thought in my mind. It was this. I am going to do this for the rest of my life. Because let me tell you, once you taste the fire, once you taste the the spirit inside of you and the flame of that word burning hot, you can't contain it. All of a sudden, you know this is what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. Oh, Jesus, Jesus. But I know what you're thinking. Pastor, I don't know who you're talking about. I'm not a preacher. And nobody's even willing to make a sound because you know that's what you were thinking. Pastor, that's all good and well, but I ain't no preacher. I have no plans of standing behind a pulpit. That's all right. Some of you, you know where I'm heading with this because you've heard me say it many times. I believe that every Christian is a preacher. You don't need a pulpit to be a preacher. In fact, let me tell you something. We hinder ourselves. The church is hindered by the pulpit in many ways because we save our best sermons for behind the pulpit. We save our best services behind the pulpit. We save our best scriptures for behind the pulpit. And let me tell you, the greatest preacher is the one who's able to sit across from somebody on a, around a coffee table and open up the Bible and say, Thou sayest the word of the Lord. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Oh, praise God. You don't need to be a pulpit preacher in order to have the word of God burn deep inside of you. All you got to do is be willing to open up your mouth and let the word be delivered. Let the word of God be spoken. Praise God. If you're called to pulpit ministry, praise God. I believe there are others called to pulpit ministry in this church. That's wonderful. But if not, Jeremiah, he, he couldn't contain it. He rarely had a pulpit. He rarely had a crowd. He'd find whoever would listen, and he'd shout the word of God. Come on, the best among us don't wait until they have a pulpit. They just wait until they have a crowd. If I got somebody with ears... All of a sudden, I got to transform into the preacher of righteousness. Oh, praise God. Well, pastor, what if they don't listen to me? You know, Noah is the only man in Scripture called a preacher of righteousness. The only one given that title. You want to know how many people he saved? Six people. And all of them were his family members. What a preacher. It's because 
The Bible and God, He's not concerned with how successful you are necessarily. Hallelujah. We're not here to try to make things happen. Oh, but when you got the word inside of you, can't help but to preach to everybody who will listen. And maybe they'll obey, maybe they won't. But you don't let that bother you, Jeremiah. Maybe they'll ridicule you, maybe they won't. But you don't let that stop you, Jeremiah. You let that word burn. You let that word burn and let it come out of you. And you preach that word to them. And don't worry about the consequences. Is this all right? Can you clap your hands today but here's the thing there's a lot of people who are passionate about a lot of things later today we're going to see some of the most radical people you'll ever see and they're going to be watching a few men throw a pigskin around And don't you diss their team, because they'll tell you. They'll tell you how wrong you are. They'll maybe even curse you out if you don't pick their team. Am I right? Come on. People get passionate about all sorts of different things. We've seen that over the last year more than ever before. Should we get vaccine? Should we not get vaccine? Everybody's got an opinion, and everybody's willing to shout and argue over it. Am I right? Mandates, no mandates. Biden, Trump. Ooh, it felt uncomfortable when I said that. Hallelujah. We get so fired up about politics, get so fired up over a football game. Hallelujah. I want to get fired up over the Bible. I want to get fired up over Jesus. Oh, praise God. If I'm going to preach any gospel, it's not going to be the Super Bowls. It's going to be the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. If I'm going to preach any gospel, it's not going to be the COVID gospel. It's going to be the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. That is my mandate. That is my mission. i got to deliver the word of God. Oh, praise the Lord. You can see what people are passionate over. Just look at their Facebook feed. Let me ask you. You can be seated. You know, you don't even want to stand for this. What does your social media have on it? Do you have more controversial posts about politics or this or that, then you got scripture or the word of God. Come on, can I tell you the gospel's controversial enough? It's like people are going out there looking for arguments. The gospel is controversial enough. We don't need to find new ways for people to dislike us. We've already got the gospel. <laughs> and the Bible says that the foolishness of preaching will save them. We've already got the gospel. We got to make that our passion and our fire, the truth of the word of God. Because Bible-believing, fiery preachers don't preach their truth. Man, I'm just stepping all over somebody. Somebody's going to walk out of here limping. Fiery preachers don't preach their truth. Can I tell you that this? there's no con- more condemnable ideal, ideological uh, thought than the, the idea of my truth? I'm sorry, but it's not your truth. It's not my truth. It's not society's truth. It's the Word of God. And the Bible is truth from the beginning. That's what it says. Hallelujah. And you can have your ideas about this or that, but if the Bible says different, you're wrong. Praise God. If the Bible says something different than your thoughts, you're wrong. Maybe I should look at the wall when I talk about it like this. But pastor, I don't think, I don't care what you think. What does the Bible say? Oh, praise God. Come on. We're fiery preacher over our own thoughts 
and our own thoughts condemn us. The Bible says there's one way of salvation, and that's Jesus. He is the way, the truth, and the life. No man shall come to the Father but by him. There's a reason why his name in the book of John was the Word. It's because Jesus was the embodiment of the Bible. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. The Word was the way, the truth, and the life. The Bible is the way, the truth, and the life. Oh, praise God. Let's look at John 8.31. I feel like I lost half of you. John 8 and 31 then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, if ye continue in my word. Then are you my disciples indeed. Oh, praise God. You could take, some of us, you could take our Facebook feed and put together an entire thesis on our own thoughts and beliefs. But he says, if you continue in my word, then you are my disciples indeed. Oh, we got to get into the word. Amen. Verse 32, look at this. This is powerful. And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Let me tell you something. We don't make truth. Truth makes us. Can I say that again? We don't make truth. Truth makes us. This isn't about finding my doctrine. It's about finding his doctrine. This isn't about figuring out my way. It's about finding his way. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall make. Anybody been set free here today? Anybody been delivered by the word of God? Oh, hallelujah. You can't be a fire preacher and not be preaching the word. Praise God. So there's three things I believe we need. We need a burning passion within us. Why? Why do we need a burning passion? Man, if you only knew what the Word of God was. If we truly knew what the word of God was, oh man, it put up fire in us uh, that burned so hot we could not refrain ourselves. If we only knew, I know we say this a lot, but it's because it's a very simple way of clarifying the importance of the Bible. If you had the cure for cancer, would you just go put it up in the bookshelf? And then just leave it there. No way. You'd be talking to every doctor. You'd be calling every college. You'd be calling all the medical science facilities. You'd be calling the newspapers, the news media. You'd be calling everybody. What if I told you you had the cure for sin? What if I told you you had the cure for sin? What if I told you you had the cure for depression? What if I told you you also had the cure for sickness? Because he is a healer. And by the name of Jesus, you shall be healed. Oh, praise God. How could you just put that on the shelf and forget about it and go to work and be around people who've got sin and be around people who are depressed and be around people who are sick and it not burn within you to the point where you got to tell them Jesus can save you. Jesus can deliver you. Jesus can heal you. Oh, we got to have a passion we got to have a passion. Romans chapter 10, verse 13. We know this, but, but let's, let's really get into this. Romans 10, 13. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. We know that, right? That's powerful. We know it to be true. If you call on the name of the Lord today, you shall be saved. Verse 14. How then shall they call on them whom they do not believe? And how shall they believe on them that they, whom they have not heard? And how 
shall they hear without a preacher. If there's nobody there to tell them the truth, even when the truth is hard, even when the truth is contrary to what they've heard before, even though you think they may deny you and make fun of you, even though you may become a joke in your own household, how can I not preach to them the Word of God? There's certain levels here, right? We've got, and it's going backwards. Call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Then the step right before that, they've got to believe on the name of the Lord. And the step right before that is they've got to hear about the name of the Lord. And the step right before that is there's got to be a preacher that's willing to tell them. But can I tell you, they can't get here or here or here unless there's first the preacher. If the word of God itself isn't enough to put a passion in your heart, let their soul and their eternity be enough to put a passion in your heart and say, I don't want them to be lost. I don't want them to live life in depression. i got to preach to them the word of God. Can I tell you, we need a burning passion. We also need a burning conviction. See, there's a a problem in the world, and it's seeping into the church. This idea that there is not absolutes. This all right? You mind if I go just a couple more minutes? Amen. I don't think that was half of you. The other half, I guess you can leave if you want, but hallelujah. There's this issue in the world where it's coming down to it again, this idea of my truth. Really what, what's happening is we are breaking down the idea of absolutes. Things are what I say it is or think it is, and that's it. There is no truth. It's just what I feel. There is nothing conclusive. But if I may tell you, Conclusively, that's a gray wall. You can say it's yellow all you want to, but that's an absolute. It's a gray wall. There may be colorblind people in this house who you might have a hard time clarifying what that is, but there are absolutes. The fact is, is the Bible says there's one Lord, one faith, and one baptism. One God and Father of all who is above all, who is through all, and who is in you all. Hallelujah. What he's trying to say is that you're not going to, there's not multiple ways to make it into heaven. He says, wide is the street that leads to destruction, but narrow is the path to heaven. Can I tell you, hallelujah, there are absolutes. Just as much as there is a truth, there's also a lie. Praise God. And we've got, as Christians, it is our responsibility to search the Scriptures. Jesus says to search the Scriptures in which you think you have eternal life. What he was trying to say is, you think you have the answers. You still got to study a little bit more. (laughs) Man, praise God. I'm saying some good stuff today. You think you know the truth, but you got to study the scriptures. You got to get your nose in the word of God. Proverbs 23, 23. Oh, praise the Lord. Proverbs 23 and 23. It says this is this right here. This is important. This is a requirement for every Christian is Proverbs 23 and 23. Hallelujah. I've got Kavan working full time because I didn't put this on the screen for him. Hallelujah. Bye!
the truth. Everybody say bye. And sell it not. Why? It's because truth is precious. Truth is important. Truth is the most important thing you'll ever get. It's the most precious thing in your house. It's the most precious uh, object that you have in your hands. Truth is the most expensive thing. And you can sell out and buy into the world's idea of what this is or that is. But let me implore you today by the truth the real truth the way the truth and the life and don't give it up for anything oh hallelujah no wonder Jeremiah had the fire burning in him he says I've got the truth I've got what nobody else has I know what's coming And everybody else is saying something else is happening and something else is coming and this is going to happen and that's going to happen. You've got the truth. You've got the truth. How can I leave it inside of me? I've got to have a conviction about truth. I've got to search out absolutes. What does the Bible say? Not what does man say. What does this person say? I recognize I preach the same gospel as my father. I get that. But let me tell you, there was a period of time in my life where I had to do serious searching and studying to come to that conclusion. I decided in my heart I was not going to believe this just because my father preached it. If it was real, I needed God to open up my eyes and to reveal it to me. So I, without any, any stipulations, without anything, I just opened up the Bible and began to study. Is repentance is important? Do I really need to be baptized in the name of Jesus? What is this whole thing about the Holy Ghost and speaking in tongues? Do I really got to live a holy life in my dress, in my speech, in my attitude? And I began to study it out for myself. And can I tell you, God put a fire in me. You think I'm crazy. It's just Simply because I studied it and I found truth and I purchased it with all that I have. How can I not just preach that? How could I let that stay inside of me? We've got to have a source. I'm sorry, a, 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 a conviction. We've got to have a conviction for the Word of God. We've got to have a conviction for the Word of God if we can stand today. We need a burning desire for more of the Word. We need a burning passion to preach We need a burning conviction to hold on to truth. And we need a burning desire to learn and study the Word of God. The Word can't burn inside of you if you've not consumed it. If you don't have it in you, the Word will not burn. And I'm talking about more than just coming to church and listening to a pastor. I forbid anybody to say, well, my pastor says. Either you know or you don't know. Either you've studied it out or you've not studied it out. Don't lean on any other man's personal interpretation. As As your pastor, I'll try to guide you the best that I can in this and to that, but you've got to study it out for yourself. The Bible says to study to show yourself approved unto the Lord, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed. That means if I don't study the Word of God, it's shameful for me. I walk into God's presence and say, God, I don't know you. Because I've not studied your word for myself. I, I know of you. I've known of what my pa- pastor said and what my parents told me. But I don't know you for myself. Because I've not studied the word of God. 
I know this isn't one of those passionate altar calls where I, everybody's just running down to the altar, but, but I pray today that, that you'd come down to this altar and you'd allow God to put a fresh passion and conviction and desire in your heart for the Word of God. That you would allow God to show you His truth and to give you a conviction that says, I've got to buy the truth and sell it. Now, come on, Jeremiah. Is that word burning inside of you? Hallelujah, is that word burning inside of you? I'm telling you, God's called you to preach that word. God's called you to deliver that word to your co-workers and your family members and your neighbors. I pray that every person in this place before you leave, you'll have that fire burning in your heart. Oh, yes, Lord, yes, Lord. So here's what I'd like to do. I would love for everybody to come down. This is our, this is how we do things here. We invite everyone to come down to the altar and find a place to pray. Hallelujah. We want everybody to feel comfortable to come and to call on the Lord. Hallelujah. Come on, if you've not been studying your Bible, reading your Bible, maybe you've been slacking off. This is a time to make some new con, con, so, uh, some new commitments to the Lord that says, God, I, I'm sorry, God, for slacking off. I'm sorry for falling asleep, oh Lord Jesus. But, but God, I want to search your word. Lord, I don't want to just take one man's word for it, God. Oh, God, I pray that you would fill us with a burden, a burden to preach this word like never before. A burden, Lord God, for the lost like never before. That, God, we would not be able to contain your word any longer. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus, Jesus. Yes, God. Yes, God. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. If this is your first time, I'd encourage you just to go ahead and talk to the Lord. Just like you'd talk to a friend. Just like you'd talk to a family member. Just open up your mouth and talk to him. He says, Listen, I want a personal relationship with you. I want to know you. I want to know you. I speak Jesus. just want to speak the name of Jesus Till every dark addiction starts to break Declaring there is hope and there is freedom I speak Jesus Your name is power Your name is healing your name is life. Break every stronghold, shine through the shadows, burn like a fire. I just want to speak the name of Jesus.
Shout Jesus from the mountains, Jesus in the streets, Jesus in the darkness over every enemy. And Jesus for my family, I speak the holy name, Jesus. Jesus 